We're doing life together. We're on a journey. And I, I'm so thankful that we get to do life together. So most of you that know me know that I'm a Gilmore. My dad was a truck driver for over 50 years. And he, he, was a, he had to keep a log book in those days where you uh, had to keep track of every mile, how much diesel. I think they even had to write down when they, when they uh, got in the sleeper and rested for a little while. Anybody truck driver? Is there any truck drivers here? Okay. Then you know. You had to write it all down. And I was thinking about my dad's log books the other day. And in fact, when my dad went to heaven about four or five years ago, my brother uh, did his eulogy and he used the log book as the journey. You know, dad's log book started in Modesto where he was born in 1934 and then it, it ended. So anyhow, we're going to talk about our journey today. We're going to talk about our journey, but I need to pray first. Father, your anointings on your word, not my opinion. It's your word that won't return void. And as I speak your word today, would you, in, would you tattoo it on our heart so that it's there and, and it comes out of our mouth when we least expect it. Thank you that your word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it'll cut right to the heart of what we need today. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody bring your sword? There's a couple. Don't cut yourself. It's sharp. If you look in the back of your Bible, go ahead and flip it open and look back. You'll see some maps and probably some lines. It reminds me of my dad's log books. There's these lines. What a beautiful baby, by the way. Beautiful. These lines that mark out his journey, whether it was Paul or David or, or whoever, it's like looking at a logbook. And I want to tell you that there are a lot of things that weren't in the logbook. When my dad was driving truck all those years, he didn't write down in the logbook how many times he broke down. What wasn't in the logbook is when he had a flat tire or the traffic was so bad that um, they were traffic jammed in LA and trying to get the load to the right place at the right time and get back for the next load. It's not in the logbook. It's not in the logbook that the fog was so bad he couldn't see in front of him or the winds were coming at him or it was so hot that it was hard on the engine and the tires and all the stuff that goes into the journey wasn't in the logbook. But all the stuff back here, we saw their journey, but it's the stories. We've got the stories here what's in the logbook, God's holy logbook. It's there, and you have walked through some journeys. 
You've walked through some hard things. And the word of God has kept you standing. There are a few of you that I asked to just come share scripture today. Just share scripture. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to preach. You just say that, that word because it's the word of God. It's the word of God that is our foundation. I, I'm holding on to this. I'm holding on. I don't understand it all. I don't have all the answers, but I'm holding on to it, and it's holding on to me and the word of God. So those of you that I asked, um, I'm going to ask you guys to come forward. The first service, we didn't because we, we have a hard time standing up. We're all over 50, most of us. So anyhow, but you guys aren't, so come on up. And I'm sorry if you heard that on the first service and they're listening. Okay, you guys better come up. All right. Yeah, everybody just come up here. And if you don't have a scripture, if you had a something else, that's good too. But come on up. Just stand over here. Okay. Did you have one, Josh, too? Okay. Hannah, go. Okay. Uh, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. Uh, mine's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do God, good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so I'm going to read the verse and then the there's like the commentary or like the explanation breakdown of it because that's really what was like on my mind all, all week long so um, it's Micah 2 12 and 13. Some day, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather the remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen, like flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with, with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. And then it says, Micah's prophecy telescopes two great events, Judah's return from captivity in Babylon and the great gathering of all believers when the Messiah returns. Here God reveals two qualities of the Messiah. He will be a shepherd gathering his people and a leader who will break them out of their exile. God gave his prophets visions of various future events, but not necessarily the ability to discern when these events would happen. For example, they could not see the long period of time between the Babylonian captivity and the coming of the Messiah, but they could clearly see that the Messiah was coming. The purpose of this prophecy was not to predict exactly how this would, how this would occur, but that it would. This gave the faithful remnant hope um, and helped them turn from their sin. <laughs> Mine's not a scripture, but a prayer that Pastor had quoted quite a while ago, but it stuck with me so much that I had to frame it and put it where I can see it. Uh, Lord, help us to understand your will and your word. Help us to prosper in our walk and our work, and give us your power to endure the difficulties and still enjoy the journey. Well, mine's not a verse. It's a, it's a little bit of story with how it happens. <laughs> in our household. So I don't know if you guys have seen the Action Bible. I just bought it and um, I wanted to tell my grandsons about it and my granddaughter. 
So, um, I, w I want to. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. <laughs> so I, I tried to, like, pull it out before, but then we're too busy. You know how busy life is, and I just seen an opportunity the other day, so I pulled it out. <clears throat> I don't want to. <laughs> I pulled it out, and I started reading it, and. The three boys, you know, my grandsons, um, they just stood around me, you know, and I felt like this is a teachable moment. This is God's teachable moment, right? So I'm trying to, uh, I'm reading it, and one's ask, asking a question, the other one's asking a question. And I haven't read through the whole Bible, and, and I told that to Savannah this week, that um, I'm, I'm trying to, but... It seems like life keeps getting in the way. And I don't want it to get in the way from my grandsons. So I want to be that guy. I want to be that grandpa. That that action Bible can see. And it's got like comic book looking little pictures. And it's, and it's really, really cool. And I thought, if it catches my eye, I know it'll catch their eye. So we read through, you know, the first part. And it talks about how the world was made. And how God did it. And how he rested on the seventh day. And... And they're asking these questions, and, and it's, it's just so inspiring to see just the little bit of Bible that you give them puts that flower. And then, and, and that seed, I mean, and then I'm still reading it, and then one takes off, and then the other one takes off, and pretty soon I'm reading it myself. And then the other one comes back, and he asks a question, and, and then we get to the Cain and Abel, and, and, and um, you know, one of them says, well, why did he do that to his brother? And... and I just told him that I, I don't know. I, God puts it on our hearts to understand the Bible the way we want to interpret it. But I told him he was bad to his brother and, and that um, he gets punished. He gets punished for what he did. Um, and then they had, a, they had another baby and we, we ended up ending right there. But we... So we started with three of them, three grandsons there, and then we ended up with three grandsons at the end with, you know, intermittent in and out. And just the, the questions they kept asking, I didn't know. I just told them, I'm going to continue to read this Bible and so you understand it and I understand it. And I don't want to ramble more on, but I was just so proud of that moment that God put it in my heart to give it to them. So that action Bible is very, very potent if you... If you got grandsons, you should read it, <laughs> or granddaughters, or whatever. But I uh, thank you. Hey, thank you, thank you. Everybody, go get an action Bible. We need that. Whatever you need to get inspired in your word, do it. But don't just sit it on the coffee table where it looks cute. Open it up, draw circles around the things that speak to your life. Keep it close by. It's powerful. It's sharp. So, I better get to what I'm here for today. I was preparing, and I believe that the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that he's aware of the many miles the breakdowns along the way, the hard things, those long waits 
to answers to prayer. The ups and downs of the journey, those lonely hours of walking through a wilderness, bewildering routes, things that you would have never imagined that God would allow you to go through. He's aware, but he's been there. He's been right there with you in this journey, and he still is. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to get to where you're going. I don't have all the answers for you today, but he wants you to be encouraged through this journey. The Word of God. The Action Bible. I'm going to buy me an Action Bible. How about those Crothers Blue Raiders Friday night? <laughs> now that was some action. Yeah. We beat a Rosie hot dog. I'm proud of you guys. Anyhow. Okay. <laughs> Psalms 119, 105 or 103? Which one is it? Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Somebody look it up in your action Bible or your Bible, whatever you got. Psalms 1, 119. I think it's 103 or 105. Five. Thank you, Jennifer. 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Love that scripture. Flip over to Psalms 119.11. It says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I am convinced. First of all, let me say this. The world... No, not just the world. There are, there are people that call themselves Christians that don't think they need to read the Bible. Because they read it one time or they went to church somewhere and somebody there read it. They don't think they need it. Because they heard it before and it's all good. My word says... I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I need all the word I can get. And I believe we all do. I'm not of that mind that says I read it that time so I don't need. I, we, do you eat every day? I, I'm real good at it. <laughs> and I seriously seriously believe that this word is as important as the physical food that I eat. Every day, every day I read my Bible. Do I understand it all? No. Do I remember it all? No. I wish I did. But I keep reading it because it's powerful. It's not just a book. It's a man. It's a spirit. It's a savior. This word, this word contains everything that we need. I'm convinced that the problems in the world today are a direct result of not making God's word our priority. Sin is missing the mark. 
That's what it literally means, missing the mark. How will we know where the bullseye is if we don't know where the mark is? We're going to sin. If you don't know where the mark is, you're going to miss it because you don't know what you're aiming for. Right? We need to read those scriptures out loud that say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Because it keeps us in line with God's blessing so he can and he can and he can. He's not going to bless sin. Even the Catholic Church, the Pope said last week that uh, same-sex marriages are not blessed of God. They're not blessed of God. It's sin. It is. And we've been trying to be so politically correct that we don't say the hard thing because we don't want to hurt anybody. And I'm guilty. I'm one of those that have tried to make it easy for people to come to Jesus, no matter what shape they're in, no matter what they're doing, where they've been, because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I want to make it easy for them to know God loves them. God loves me on my worst days too. And, and so I try to make it easy. But the truth is we've got to know the truth to be free. You can't just carry it around. We've got to have it in our heart. I feel preachy. <laughs> and I'm preaching at me. I'm first. Sign me up. I'm first. I try so hard and I'll miss the mark if I don't read my word, eat, every day. Every day. Psalms 23.4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Okay, that word uh, rod or staff, I got a short thing here, but I like to walk. Uh, in Hebrew, it means a walking stick. The, the, the staff is a walking stick. The, the rod, but I can't walk too far because I ring, huh? Okay, the rod is, is a, a stick too, but it's got a correction on it. There's a hook on the end. So picture this, if you would. A sheep walks away from the rest of the sheep, the fold, and he's climbing up. You know, he's, he's distracted, and he's climbing up on a mountain or a hill or a something, and then he gets stuck. He gets stuck in the mud. He gets stuck in something. He can't get back down. Fear hits. The shepherd will take the rod and hook that little sheep and draw him back into safety. Or, if that sheep is somewhere away from the flock and, and the, uh, the wolf, I don't know, what comes in the desert to eat sheep? What's the, what's a, a what? A lion, okay. A lion comes to eat the sheep. The shepherd will take the stick, the rod, and beat that enemy off of the sheep. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what thy rod and thy staff comfort me. 
He wants his rod and his staff to comfort you. That word comfort means deep grieving. I'm good at grieving. I wish I wasn't, but I've grieved. And you have too. Your heart's been broken. You didn't deserve it. Crummy stuff just happens because we live in a crummy, broken world, except for Jesus. So, and the other side of that grieving thing is when we've, we've sinned, we've messed up, we've fallen short, we, we lost our temper, we said things, we did things, we thought things, we fall short of the glory of God. We, and it grieves our heart. It's like, oh I, oh, I wish I hadn't acted that way. Thy rod and thy staff pulls me back pulls me back to safety, to truth, to where it's healthy again. Okay, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Back to the log books. We're almost done. Is that clock right? Okay. Okay, thank you. I'm thinking, gosh. Okay. Uh, when I was putting together my notes, <laughs> I was inspired by so many scriptures, and I'd text Savannah and say, okay, we're going to call it this because this scripture says this. Okay, she's, she's great. You know, it's in a happy face and a heart. And okay. And then I get inspired by another verse. Oh, I changed it. Now we're going to call it this. Was it four times? I don't know. I decided I named you in the first service, St. Savannah, because she was so patient with me. I get inspired. And, and so today I think you wound up with on the road again, right? Is that what we called it? Uh, yeah. Today's sermon. What does it say, Jennifer? Okay. Okay. On the road again. Back to the logbooks. My dad, all those years of driving from Oregon to L.A., I even took that song, um, Coal Miner's Daughter, and switched up the words. Um, I'll read, I'll sing you the second verse. Let's see if I can remember it. Um, Dad would load the truck by hand with bales of hay. He'd haul lumber clear from Oregon to L.A. With all us kids, the boys still wearing diapers. We travel with them, keeping all-nighters. Singing all the way, just trying to stay awake. And the song goes on. I am so thankful for my, in my inheritance, I was going to say. Those log books mean the world to me. I wish I could find them. I can't find them. But, but the, the log books in my mind that I saw were the journeys up and down and over there and book after book and it wasn't a blessing he did he wasn't blessed by having to fill out those log books 
But the journey that was happening from here to there was a big journey. And God was with him. There was one, one, one time, I think I was maybe in the seventh or eighth grade. I was in the seventh grade. I'd had a dream that it was real foggy. And, and uh, in my dream, Pop was driving and there were two angels with him. There was one sitting on, was it called a doghouse? What's that thing? Like, here's the driver's seat, and over there's the passenger seat, and then there was a big thing that covered the... Okay, okay. There was a big angel sitting on the doghouse, and then there was a big one sitting in the, in the passenger seat, and they're just driving along with Pop as he's driving back from wherever he was. But it was real foggy, and that was my dream. Woke up, mom comes in, says, you girls get up, get ready for school. Pop called, he's not, not home yet. He said, it's really foggy where he's at. And I told her about the angels. He had angels riding in that truck with him. They made it back just fine. The stories I could tell, what little bit I know of the journeys. Oh my goodness. The stories you could tell on your journeys. And the biggest stories are the hardest ones. Aren't they? Hasn't God revealed himself to you more through the hard thing? I don't know why that works that way. There's good things too. But I can guarantee you he'll mark your life with whatever it is you need to get through whatever you're going through. So we're going to close in prayer, but I want to encourage you with this word. Please read it. Please go get you a Bible if you haven't got one. And use it. Use it. Read it. Eat it. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy word was found, and I did eat it, and it is the rejoice and the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Please read your Bible. Read it every day. When you get up in the morning and you go to have your Captain Crunch or whatever you have for breakfast, think of your Bible. When it's lunchtime and you get out your Danny's donut hamburger and french fries or or whatever think of your bible when it's dinner time and mama's got chicken and dumplings cooking or beans and cornbread or, or baked fish <laughs> whatever it is think of the word think i need to eat the word Amen? Amen? Let's stand. Father God, thank you so much that your word is alive. And when we eat it, we're alive. Lord, bring us back to life again through your word, through your presence. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.